Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number three of Seeking Witchcraft. My name's Ashley, and today we're going to be talking about how to find a coven, what to expect, and what to look out for. So I just want to let you guys know I am super excited about today's topic. Um, I've been so looking forward to talking about this. I could talk about this all day. Um, So I have a lot of information I prepared for you guys, and I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. But uh, before I do that, actually, there's two things I want to say. One, um... When I record these podcasts, I usually do it all in one go. So um, if I mess up here and there, just know for the life of me, I can't figure out how to edit these things. So we're just going to kind of roll with it. Uh, You know, it is what it is. The second thing is that I'm actually going to be hosting a giveaway uh, to the listeners. So at the end of the podcast, I'll give you some information on how you can go ahead and enter that. I'm going to play a short ad and then I'm going to go ahead and get started. So see you all in a moment. So the first question that people might ask when you talk about covens is, what does it mean to be in a coven? All right. Well, being part of a coven means that you're able to practice group rituals and spell works with others. Um, You're also able to celebrate the Sabbaths and full moons in a group setting. Um, You generally will also learn new information in coven settings, um, maybe have some homework and learn more about a tradition and, and all. Um, Being part of a coven, though, the biggest takeaway I want you to know is that it's being part of a spiritual family. So there's a couple pros and cons to being in a coven. I'm biased, and I obviously think that the idea of group ritual is awesome. So uh, just for my own sanity, I'm going to go ahead and start with the cons of being in a coven. So as I mentioned, it is being a coven member means that you're joining a spiritual family. You're committing to a group. So one of the cons is that if you are not able to regularly regularly commit to being part of the coven, then your absence can mess with the group dynamic and the energy flow of the rituals, which could um, in turn not be seen as favorable by the other members within the coven. So you have to go into a coven knowing that it is a commitment and that it should essentially be a priority in your life. So you need to make sure that you're able to um, make that time in your schedule. Um, one other thing is that if you're used to being a solitary practitioner, you might not have been abiding by any particular rules and being part of a coven, they generally have their own guidelines and rules, which could cause an issue if you're not used to that. Um, or if you like a little bit more freedom with your rituals or spell casting, but I don't want this to scare anybody off because there's a good chance that your coven may be open to hearing about what suggestions that you have or what you bring to the table, and they may be open to doing what you um, suggest for everybody to do. So, you know, it's a con. You may not be used to doing something in a certain way, but don't let that scare you off because you actually may really like the other way or your group may actually be totally down to do with whatever you want to do. All right, so the pros. (laughs) So there's many practice or many benefits to practicing with others. Um, One of the biggest ones is that you have a much higher level of energy to work with. Um, You can also bounce ideas off each other, you know, debate new topics, um, 
learn things about Wicca witchcraft that maybe you'd never even considered before. And the biggest pro is that you are joining a spiritual family. You're being part of something that's bigger than yourself and you're going on this wonderful adventure in this this magical journey with friends. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is a little family and I cannot speak more highly about it. So um, yes, I think it's great being in a coven. (laughs) So the next question that people would probably have would be, well, what do you normally actually do in a coven? Like what does a coven meeting look like? So As you guys know, I am a seeker and a gardenerian coven. I'm not an initiate yet, so I can only speak on behalf of what my experience is. Um, So keep in mind that whatever coven you do decide to look out for, they may have um, differences in how they do things during meetings. Um, So depending on the tradition, um, you know, it might be completely different. So in my experience with our meetings, we generally meet in the morning, but I will tell you that most covens meet at night and the initiated members of the coven I'm involved with meet at night. That is a very common thing. Um, And when you come into the meeting, what we do is we'll usually have a little bit of social time, you know, catch up with each other, see how everybody's day is going. Um, And then we'll kind of like get down to business. So um, that could involve having a topic that we debate that morning or You may get a handout on some sort of educational topic or the ritual that you're doing for that day. So, for example, you may get a handout on working with energy or the moon cycles. And then you may get another handout on the ritual that you're going to be doing that day if you have like a coven-specific ritual, for example, for Yule. So, say your coven celebrating Yule and say there's different parts in or within the ritual. So, you may go over what's going to happen so everybody knows their place within the circle and what they need to do. Um, Generally, there's a lot of group discussion. It can really consist about anything, um, including going over the last assignment that you may have been, you know, given the last meeting, asking spiritual questions, etc. So then, um, in my experience, after we have our kind of a educational aspect of it, before we go down for ritual, we'll usually have like a... um, a little bit of social time. Some people in the coven smoke, so they may take a smoke break and the rest of us may go outside and, you know, just chat. Then we'll come back inside. We'll get ready for ritual. Um, We'll have ritual. And then after that's all done, we'll, you know, come back upstairs, say our goodbyes, get ready to go, and maybe have a little bit more social time and then head home. Um, a lot of covens, especially if they meet at night, may do a, some additional things. So they may make dinner beforehand. Um, a lot of times, a lot of covens will have like a little potluck afterwards. For us, because we meet so early in the morning, we'll usually try to see if people can go out for lunch or maybe hit up a local witchy store or something. Um, so it is, a you know, half work, half, you know, you're doing the ritual. There's an educational aspect, but there is a lot of social time, which is really important in a coven setting because you need to make sure that you mesh well with the people that you're with. All right. So you may be saying, well, okay, I'm interested. So how the hell do I find a coven? (laughs) All right. So I have a whole little checklist or little list that I would recommend for people to do. I'm actually going to start with the bottom just to kind of get these out of the way. And then my most uh, highly recommended recommended suggestions, I'll say last. So we're going to go a little backwards here. 
Um, starting from the bottom, I would say check out some witchy stores, metaphysical stores near you. Um, a lot of times they may have community boards with information for local groups. Um, sometimes the people who work there or even the people who are shopping there may have an inkling of what to do. Um, you can also, if you can't really find anything on there, I, and I could be totally wrong. I think if you go on Etsy, if you don't have a witchy store next to you, you can go on Etsy and look up some witchy stores and try to see if there's any in your area. I don't know how you would even (laughs) narrow that down, but, uh, if you happen to find a, a witchy Etsy shop, you may be able to ask the owner if they're in your area, like, Hey, like, you know, anything in this area and maybe able to get some help there. Um, the next thing I will say is, um, if you have any like witchy type events or festivals going on around you, um, that could also be a great place to go check out. Like a lot of times, a lot of vendors may know information. Now you don't want to rule out only going to a witchy type festival. You also want to maybe go to like a fairy festival or some sort of dragon festival or whatever you may have. We have a lot of those around where I live. Um, because you know, what do you know? You may go to the fairy festival and there's a vendor selling a bunch of triple moon paintings who <laughs> may have a little bit of information for you. Um, so yeah, so don't rule out going to, um, a festival, even if it's not quote unquote, like a pagan or witchy type festival. All right. Um, the next most obvious thing I would recommend is just doing a Google search. So type in, um, you know, type of coven in your state. So for example, if you listen to the last video, say, you know, Dianic covens really caught your interest. Um, so you can go on Google and type in again, for example, like Dianic coven, Indiana or Indiana witchcraft coven, something along those lines and see if you can pull anything up from there. All right. So if you've done all that, these are my top suggestions. Um, starting with the very first thing that I think you should always do before you do anything else that I mentioned is go on witchvox.com. It's a website and it's spelled W-I-T-C-H-V-O-X, Witchvox. That website is like the Facebook, um, or Craigslist for covens in your area, um, Every single state is listed on Witchbox, and it's a great resource to use to find something. One thing I will say about Witchbox is that if you go on that website and you notice it looks a little outdated, it kind of looks like they made the website in the 90s and haven't really changed it, don't let that discount you or don't let that discount um, looking at these covens online because Witchbox is still very highly used. Um, It's a really populated website and I believe almost every state has some sort of coven on there. Now one thing I will say about this is that if your state doesn't have anything listed I would check out neighboring states if you have the means to be able to travel because a lot of times people who are in these covens may not actually live in the area. So you know if you are maybe two three hours away from let's say Michigan or something, you know, and say your state doesn't have anything, but Michigan has a a coven that looks interesting to you. I wouldn't rule out messaging that coven because two reasons. One, they may be accepting students and they may totally like be down for you to join. And two, there might actually be somebody in that coven who lives around your area and makes that trek. And if you don't necessarily believe that that's the case, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, There are two people in the group that I'm with that are pretty high up there in the group that I'm involved with. And they live 
almost two and a half to three hours away from where our meetings are. And for the last couple of years, they have made that trip twice a month up to where the meetings are and then back home. And, you know, they weren't exactly super happy to make that trip every single time. But over time, it kind of became part of the journey into getting into witchcraft. Making that three-hour drive every time kind of became like a routine and something they knew at the end of that drive they were going to be doing some really cool shit, (laughs) for lack of a better phrase. Um, So don't let it scare you if you have the means for transportation. Um, Again, somebody in the coven may actually live near you and you guys may be able to carpool. Cool. So the second thing I'd recommend if you can't find anything on Witchbox um, is going on Facebook. So you can do a couple different things on Facebook. You can look up witchy festivals and of course witchy stores. But um, there are uh, also beginner witchcraft groups which could be good to look into. Um, You know, sometimes you can post in there and say, hey, is there anybody living around this area? I'm trying to find some local like-minded people. And you may be able to find some people there and find some information about covens. Um, if you listen to my last video, then, uh, or yeah, if you listen to the last video and say Gardnerian or Alexandrian Wicca was something that was very interesting for you, I will tell you that those two traditions have official Facebook groups. So what I mean by that is that um, they are the groups that the admins that are uh, heading those groups are established members within the community. So the Gardenarian Facebook group, it, it, if you go on Facebook, it's something along the lines like the group name of Gardenarian Initiates and Seekers, and I believe the Alexandrian group says the same title. The Gardenarian group has about 3,000 members, and the Alexandrian group has about 1,000 members, so if you're online um, looking at these groups, make sure you join the proper ones. These groups are, again, the official groups for Gardenarian Alexandrian. Um, I'm not sure about Alexandrian, but I can tell you in the Gardnerian group that there is an event or there's a file, I'm sorry, in that group that has all of the covens in the U.S. and outside of the country as well with um, information on um, all the covens, the leaders of those covens, if they're accepting students and their contact information. So you are able to find them, even if they're not listed on Witchbox, they will be listed on the Gardnerian Facebook page. And I believe that's the same with the Alexandrian Facebook page. So just something to keep in mind. Well, now let's say you found a coven, you think they're pretty interesting, and you want to know a little bit more about them. So what do you do now? Well, the first thing is that you should do an initial search of the coven and see what you can find out about them before actually sending them a message. So some of the things you might want to look out for, and Witchbox is really good usually at providing this information, um, but sometimes people are a little bit more secretive of what they put on there. Um, But some of the things to look out for are trying to see how long they've been established, see if they list how many members that they have, um, do they talk about how many or what sabbaths they celebrate if any do they have a high priest or high priestess do they not have a hierarchy how does this coven work if you can't find that information out that's fine the next thing i would probably suggest for you to do would then be to just send them an email or a message i mentioned about i think i want to say the first video something about thorn mooney who is the author of the book that i'll be sending out for the giveaway She made a video that I watched a little while back about how a lot of people would send her messages about inquiring to join her group. 
and that they obviously wouldn't take a lot of time to craft their message. So she did a, a nice long video on how to actually do that, which ironically I watched even though I was already in a group. It, it was just very interesting. So I'm going to kind of give you the highlights for that. The first thing that you want to do is you kind of want to treat your message to this coven as if it's like a job interview. And what I mean by that is by putting your best foot and most polite face forward. Make sure you address them by name if it's listed and be sure to mention where you found their contact information and make sure you give them your contact information. Um, Apparently a lot of people are really bad at that. They won't sign their name and you know nowadays if you email somebody on one email of course we know you know you just press reply but it's just polite to give extra contact information. The next thing is that your message should definitely include a brief introduction about yourself, you know, maybe just putting your name and um, the location that you're living in and just giving a quick sentence or two on why you're actually interested in meeting with them because this is very helpful for covens to kind of get a feel for who you are. This sentence doesn't have to be anything crazy in depth. It, it can really be as simple as just saying, hey, I saw you're located in, you know, this location not too far from me and you host monthly rituals to celebrate the full moon. Um, I'm really interested in becoming more connected to the moon and I saw that you're listed as accepting new students. Would it be possible to set up a meeting with you, maybe learn a little bit more about your group and your coven? It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. So one thing I do want to say that you should always keep in mind is that it is very important to ask if they are accepting new students and if they are you will definitely want to arrange a meeting with their high priest or high priestess or whatever their hierarchy or their leaders are of the coven to learn more about they do or about what they do some covens may not update their information and they may not be accepting new students some covens may have a waiting list or some covens may currently have just started a training group and you can join in real quick. So it is so important to ask if they're accepting new students because that is going to pretty much make you understand or make or break uh, being able to join the group. (laughs) So if you're able to set up a meeting with them, I want to give a little bit of a heads up about this. Obviously, make sure that you're doing this in a public place. I would not recommend going to their house for the first time, um, but I want you to keep in mind this, and this is something I didn't consider when I first met with my group. Um, So I'm, you know, I was comfortable talking about Wicca and witchcraft, but I was comfortable doing that online. (laughs) And I very quickly realized that I wasn't super comfortable talking about witchcraft in person, out loud, in public, where people can hear me and hear me have an extensive conversation about it. Nowadays, I don't give a crap who hears me. I'll talk about witchcraft all day, every day. <laughs> but I did, didn't realize that it was a thing. So when you meet with these coven leaders, chances are they're very comfortable talking about witchcraft and Wicca, especially in a public setting. It probably doesn't even bet or, you know, it doesn't even phase them. So if you think about it and you think to yourself, you know what, I might not be as comfortable doing that. Make sure that you are meeting in a public place where there is some level of background noise that can kind of drown out your conversation so that if you are having this conversation about witchcraft for an hour, you don't feel as self-conscious doing it because the person you're with may not feel self-conscious. So just some really important thing to keep in mind. The last thing I'll say about messages is that it is so important to be patient with your emails. If you don't hear back within about 
two to three weeks, then you could potentially send a second message. But you need to keep in mind that a lot of covens have coven-specific emails that may only get checked about once a month. Um, That being said, you know, if you send a second email and you still don't hear anything, it could be two things. One, the coven just may be inactive, or two, they may not be accepting new students, which Hopefully, if that's the case, they will let you know or, you know, maybe they're locked out of their email address and, you know, maybe they will respond to you in the future. But I just want you to um, be a little realistic with their responses. A lot of times you will not get an immediate response to your emails and just you need to be prepared to um, to know that because if you're like me, you are ready for instant questions or instant responses and it kind of sucks if you're so excited about something and then you don't hear back for almost a month later. So just prepare yourself that that may be the case. You may have to wait a long time to hear back from them. All right, so we have about 10 minutes left. So I came up with a list of questions that I felt that people would probably ask um, as well as a couple different things that I would do want to mention about covens and being involved in them and what they entail. So I'm going to jump right in. The first thing is that if you're not sure if you're ready to commit to a coven, um, especially like if you're a little bit more introverted, for example, and you're not totally sure if you want to do the whole group thing, there's absolutely no harm in just meeting up with the leaders of it just to discuss what they do and just to see how you mesh. Um, You know, don't try to fit a square peg into a round hole, but, you know, sometimes it's a little scary and you have to realize that the people you're meeting with were new at one point too, you know, and there's a good chance that the leaders are near Coven may have also been a little scared their very first meeting. The other thing is that it's totally fine to meet with multiple covens um, before making your decision on who, if any, that you want to join. Don't feel like you have to be tied down to one tradition just because you met with the leaders. You are more than able to tell them, hey, look, I'm meeting with a couple groups just to see how I feel and how I mesh, you know, I will get back to you with whatever. Um, It's totally fine. Don't worry about that. Um, Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that if you are a little scared about messaging a coven, but like you really want to do it, but like the idea of actually meeting in person, just know that sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone to really grow. Um, That being said, don't you know, if it's, if it's really going to be a big thing, you know, don't force yourself into something you are completely not comfortable with. But, you know, sometimes it's good to get out of your comfort zone. And doing this, making a step in your spiritual journey could be a great milestone for you. Okay. So when you meet with your coven, you may be wondering what you're even going to talk about. You know, maybe there'll be a long, awkward silence for a minute. Like, what do you guys do? <laughs> so there's a pretty high chance that when they, or before you meet with them, that they'll actually send you a questionnaire through email um, asking you to fill out so they can get to know you. And they'll probably bring it up when you guys meet in person. But the thing is, you don't want your meeting to just be a one-sided conversation where they're just asking you a bunch of questions. You absolutely want to ask them a bunch of questions too. So if you're not sure what to ask, I would write this down. Um, You want to know how often do they meet? What do they celebrate? How many coven members are there? How many are in the training group? Do they even have a training group? How long is their training? What's the male to female ratio? Do they have any tradition specific things you need to know about? How long do they do the training? Um, Do they use degree systems? What's the workload for this group? How long have they been established? You know, what do they celebrate? How's the hierarchy? (laughs) 
there's a lot of things you can ask them. And it's totally fine to bring out a sheet of paper and say, listen, I have a lot of things I want to get through and I want to make sure I don't forget anything and take some notes. There's no problem doing that. Okay, so how long should you wait after joining a training group to decide if it's right for you? Well, if right off the bat you're totally against this group, like you just do not mesh, then you know, leave. It, you don't have to stay in any place where you're not comfortable. But I want to let you know that when you are in a coven setting and you are doing a ritual for the first time, especially if you're in a specific a tradition and you've been solitary for a long time, it will probably feel really weird. <laughs> probably feel very odd to newcomers. Um, and it may take you a little bit of time to actually get used to doing the ritual. You kind of got to ride the wave with it. Give yourself some time to get used to it. That being said, covens may gently push your boundaries, um, but they're usually doing that to try to make you grow. But this should not be anything that causes huge major red flags. There's a huge difference between being asked to salute your high priest or high priestess on the cheek versus to have ritual nudity on your first meeting, which is something that should not happen, by the way. So I mentioned saluting. If you're wondering what that is, so saluting is giving a kiss, usually on the lips, to the high priest or high priestess. Um, not every tradition does this, but if it is a thing within witchcraft um, community. So I just want to let you know if you're just like, whoa, I'm not cool with that, you know, not for me, don't worry, because when you first start out, it's totally fine to just you know, give a little peck on the cheek. You don't have to, it's not a full makeout session. It's nothing like that. Also, there should not be any ritual nudity, especially if you're not initiating the coven, especially if you just met these people. And there should absolutely never, ever, 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 ever be sex involved in this sort of thing, unless you are like into that or like, um, you know, it, it, it won't happen. It, Sex is not involved in witchcraft if you are not even initiating the coven. Even if you are initiating the coven, I will say most traditions, I know Gardnerian for a fact, does not involve having sex within the community, does not involve having sex at initiation. No sex does not happen. So do not worry about that. But if they ask you to do that, you make sure that you leave unless you are totally into that thing, which if so, no judgment, boo, but it's not my thing. Um, the other thing I would say, especially if you're in a Gardnerian or Alexandrian group, make sure you check the validity of the coven that you are trying to join as the uh, seeker because the admins of the Facebook, those official Facebook groups will tell you. And this is really important because I'll give you the example. Where I live, there are two Gardnerian covens listed on Witchbox, but only one of them, and it's the one that I'm involved, is actually a proper lineaged and you know certified official, I guess you can say, Gardnerian coven. The other one we have no idea <laughs> like where they came from, you know, why they're there, why they're claiming to be Gardnerian because they're not. Um, so make sure, especially if you're joining these traditional covens, that you do double check um, the validity of who they say that they are. Um, the other thing I want to mention, so saluting, you know, that's a thing. Um, if you also join into a coven and they're all of a sudden showing you a bunch of things called athames, which are, or sometimes they're pronounced athames or athames, 
Um, people all say them differently. I say athames. Athames are a double-edged dagger. Um, they kind of look like a little knife. So if it's your first day and all of a sudden the people in your group are showing you like 30 different little tiny knives and you're just like, whoa, why are these people showing me this? Like, what do you mean I need a knife? Like, what are they going to do with that? Don't freak out. Athames are a very commonly used ritual item. They are never to be used for cutting anything. They're not going to be used against you. Absolutely never. Um, and I know it could be a little intimidating at first to see a bunch of knives, especially if they say, oh, by the way, you need to go buy one. Um, you know, just know that it is a thing. Not every tradition uses it, so you may never even encounter an athame, but, um, you know, if that is like something that you're not prepared for, it might be a good thing to know that athames are um, involved in witchcraft. Again, they're not used to cut anything um, except, uh, well, they are used to direct energy. Um, they are technically used to cut in and out of a circle, but that's like with the energy and in, in the air and not actually on a physical body or, or thing, anything like that. So don't worry. Um, we could talk about athames on a different episode about some of the ritual tools and what they're used for. Um, so yes, yeah, so Knives and salute or thames and saluting should you know should you run? No, don't run. Give it a minute. <laughs> get used to the idea of using them. Understand what they are, and um, you know just get used to being part of a group ritual. It may feel totally weird. Give it a little bit of time. Get to know the people that you're with, and then make your judgment from there before you decide if you want to stay or if you want to leave. All right, so. Um, oh, the last thing I want to mention, and I know we're almost at time, is that um, you should never pay to be in a coven. If a coven tells you you have to pay X amount of money to be involved with them, you need to leave because that is not true. You do not need to pay for anything when involved in this sort of thing. And any reputable tradition, especially Alexandrian or Gardenarian, will never force you to pay. That being said, they may ask you to help contribute to the rituals. Um, so those are just low-cost items that are just used for everybody, such as, you know, bringing a stack or some candles or incense or the bottle of wine they're going to use at ritual or some charcoal discs, anything like that. That's totally normal. It's totally fine. And let's be real here. When you're having rituals a couple times a month with a bunch of people, that, that adds up. <laughs> Those materials cost some money. So it's totally fine to ask um, if they ask you to bring that. Um you know, it's also fine if the group says, hey, listen, we're trying to get a really nice bottle of wine tonight for, you know, the full moon. Would you mind chipping in like two, three dollars and we can get something really good? Things like that are totally fine. But if they're saying you need to pay them hundreds of dollars or even $20 or anything, or you need to donate part of your paycheck, you need to run. <laughs> you should never pay for witchcraft ever. And reputable covens will not charge you to do this. All right, so that is everything I want to cover. We're right at 30 minutes. Um, so the last part is I'm just going to talk about giveaway information. So again, giveaway, um, it's going to be a copy of Traditional Wicca, a Seeker's Guide by Thorn Mooney. Um, I'll also throw in um, some cool little extras in there. That will be a surprise. Again, all you have to do is just follow me on Twitter and send me a tweet saying something you want me to cover, something you really liked, or something you learned, anything like that would be totally great. Um, make sure you follow me on Twitter, and if you do all those things, you'll be entered into my giveaway. And I will be giving out the, um, the winner's name on June 2nd through podcast. Um, or, you know what, if you don't want me to say your name too, that's totally fine for privacy issues, that's not a problem whatsoever. 
Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you all today. Sorry, it's a little over 30 minutes, (laughs) but I will see you guys next Sunday with podcast episode number four. And if you want to know what we're going to be talking about, go ahead and check my Twitter. I'm going to be having the podcast, um, type listed for next week. So hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your day or evening and I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Oh, and of course, for those who want to enter in the giveaway, might be helpful if you have my Twitter handle. (laughs) So you can find me on Twitter at Seek Witchcraft. So um, it's spelled S-E-E-K Witchcraft, all one word. So at Seek Witchcraft, go ahead and tweet me one thing that you really liked or would like to learn or um, want me to cover another video. And I will go ahead and enter you into my giveaway. And yeah, so good luck, everybody. I will go ahead and announce the winners in about two weeks. Um, or I can just message you privately if you want to stay anonymous. That's totally fine, too. Um, and yeah, so good luck. And I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.